Welcome to the Dayspring Audio Library, the teaching ministry of Pastor Daniel Rehoff. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will have a powerful impact on your life. So sit back and enjoy today's time in the Word. Church, do you, do you realize how blessed we are as Americans? I mean, with all the crazy stuff that happens in the news and stuff, we are just, we're just blessed, amen? I mean, just, uh, God's just been so good to us, and uh, I, I think it's interesting how, how happiness is just so eluded today. People are striving for and begging for happiness. People are doing everything they can to try to find happiness, and yet I really believe that we live in a very ungrateful time. I, I think... I'm very concerned about the next generation of ungratefulness that's coming up. The, the attitude, really, of kind of entitlement of, I deserve this, and, and, and that's because our parents have spoiled us to thinking that, but I, I'm owed, and, and I'm deserving of everything. And there's just not a real, true attitude of being grateful, and, and the attitude that, that uh, things aren't my fault. We talked about that last week not taking responsibility, and things just aren't my fault. And now we're in a society that, you know, my body is not my fault. God put me in the wrong body. God, you know, gave me the wrong desires. It's God's fault. So nothing's, nothing's our fault anymore, right? We just don't take responsibility. Well, it's my teacher. Well, it's my parents. Well, it's my financial situation. Well, it's the side of the tracks that I was born on. You know, nothing's our fault. Just absolutely nothing. And uh, uh, God, you know, says it's pretty clear. We're going to look at some passages today about being uh, grateful. And uh, do you know it's interesting? I was kind of doing a lot of study on this set. 90% of happiness, 90% of happiness is really just having an attitude of gratitude. That's just, when you're looking for happiness, 90% of your happiness can be found in, in your response to life of being grateful and having an attitude of gratefulness and an attitude of graciousness. And, and, and being grateful and having an attitude of gratitude, church, is not just, you know, at Thanksgiving once a year saying, you know, dear Lord, you know, bless this turkey, you know, that's about to go into the ministry and, you know, <laughs> and thank you, you know, for whatever, Uncle Billy. You know, that's, that's nice that we do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But having a true attitude of gratefulness doesn't happen just one day a year on one meal on that one day. It's a lifestyle, it's a, it's a disposition, it's a, a literally an attitude that you live with day in and day out. And so we're going to look at this and we're going to start to study this today. Uh, I, had, I had read a book recently that was referred to me. Uh, it's a biblical book, it's a Christian book. Uh, and the book is written by a Christian author and, and the title of the book is, is called Switch on Your Brain. And it's a science book and it's actually the study of neuroplasticity. Now, if I say the word, word neuroplasticity, everyone here in this room gets really excited, I can tell. Uh, but but it's, it's, it's a study of, and it's, it's a biblical look at, the correct thinking that our brain is not hardwired and, and is unchangeable, okay? Society has it today, well, this is the way I am. Have you ever heard someone just say that? Well, I'm just like that because that's just the way I am. Oh, that person, you know, my cousin or my uncle or my neighbor or my spouse, they're just that way. You know, they're like that because they're German. <laughs> you ever hear something crazy like that, you know? 
Well, my Bible says that our, our brain, our mind, is changeable. And that we can and that we should be renewing our mind to be more Christ-like. Church, let me say this as we dig into this. If, if I did not believe with sure conviction, as I'm standing here today, that our minds and our brains were changeable, and that's just the way we are, there is no changing, I would not waste my time being the pastor of this church. I would have not wasted our energy or our finances building this church. If we just couldn't change and we we're just the way we are, because that's, oh, that's just the way they are, I wouldn't waste my time. But the Bible says that we are changeable and that we are moldable, that we can be conformed to the image of Christ, and that starts where? That starts right here, okay? And science has backed it up that, that our brains, our minds can change. You know, you think about this, and this, I'm going to oversimplify this entire study, but... Someone that gets a concussion, well, through the proper training, through the proper uh, uh, rehab, they can actually retrain, right, their brain to rethink again, not just to endure what happened, but to rethink, to relearn something. Physically, physically, the, the landscape of our brain physically can be changed by the correct thinking. But the landscape of our brain can also be changed by the incorrect thinking that we have, okay? The Bible is very clear about how we should be thinking and the attitude that we should have and the approach that we should be taking uh, to life. So if you've got your Bible, take a look at Philippians chapter 3. We'll start off with verse 1. Philippians chapter 3, starting off with verse 1, says this. Finally, my brethren, talking to the church, talking to Christians, finally Christians here in the church, rejoice in the Lord. Just pause there for a second. So, Christians, I'm telling you, Paul here, the author, says, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, rejoice in the Lord. Go down to chapter 4 of verse 6, uh, verse 6 of chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Same guy's writing. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Take your pen, underline these next two words. With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Everything with thanksgiving. Rejoice in the Lord and with everything with an attitude of gratefulness is what Paul is telling the church. And I'm telling you that this is, he's saying this is not a suggestion, but he's saying, look, rejoice in the Lord with an attitude, with a heart, with your mindset of thanksgiving. One of the best indicators you can find of someone's true happiness is, is really is their attitude of gratitude. The happiest people that I know are the most thankful people. The happiest people that I know are not critics. Critics are the most miserable people to have walked on the face of the earth. They are. When I see someone that's happy, I know that person's not a critic. Okay? When I see someone that's miserable and frustrated and depressed and anxious... It's usually because they're a critic, and they're not really acting out in the joy of, of the Lord and the, the good things that God's given to us, and, and the fact that we can focus on the goodness of God, and not just something we do in church, but it, it's an attitude of a thought life that says, you know what, I am going to be thankful and have an attitude of gratitude in all things, in everything that happens to me, in all places that I go. And, and, and I've had people say to me, say, Pastor, well, I just don't have much to be thankful for. Shame on you. You're an American. 
You live in the most spoiled, rotten <laughs> nation on the face of the earth in the history of the world. And to say that, well, I don't have anything to be thankful for. Shame on you. You've been blinded by the devil. Okay, that's the only way I can explain it. The devil has put blinders on you to where you say, well, I just don't have anything to be thankful for. Church, we've got more to be thankful for than anyone that's ever lived. <laughs> a pastor friend of mine was telling me about he went down to the World War, it was the World War I Museum. World War I Museum, I believe, was down in Kansas. And he made an interesting observation. He was telling me about this. He said, they were looking at the uniforms from World War I. I don't know, maybe some of you have seen this or studied this, but the uniforms from World War I are like half the size of the uniforms they make for people in the services today, okay? And if you look at the uniforms from World War I, they're, they're, just, they're, like, they're like boys large or men small at best. All of them. They just, there was no such thing as large or extra large or extra extra large. And this was only back in World War I compared to what we need today. Why? Well, because we live in a country that provides the, the best food in the world. We have the best medical care in the world. The life expectancy rate is the best in the world. Right? We have so much we've been given. And in just in the last whatever, 60, 70, 80, 90 years, our society has just, has just shown physically in our, in our bodies and the, how long we live and the quality of life we have, just that we live in an abundant and a prosperous nation. I preached at a church in Chicago uh, a few years back, down in the inner city, and, and the church was probably built in the 40s. And the church had wooden pews. Maybe some of you have been in an old church like that. It had wooden pews with the seat that actually kind of folded down that you kind of sat on. Okay, it was good for maybe, you know, maybe at the time my son Cole was probably eight. Well, it fit him when he was eight. <laughs> you know, any grown adult nowadays would pretty much have to pry themselves into that seat. And the, the row in front of you was so close, you know, that your knees could barely even, you know, you were touching. And you literally sat like this for the whole service. And I remember going to that exact church when I was just a, just a kid, when I was probably 10 years old for a church service. And the church was packed with people. A huge auditorium, probably set 500 people like that. And nowadays, nowadays, if we were to have built this church building with pews that size, every one of you would have said that I'm crazy. <laughs> and, and no one, we'd all be standing right now, myself included. Say, I ain't sitting in those pews. There's no way. Why? Because we live in a prosperous nation. And we've been, we've been blessed. And, and, and every time we turn around, we have access to food whenever we want it, 24-7, 365. I'm not saying it's all good food, but we've got access to food. We've got access to health care. We've got all these things that we have. And it's so easy to forget how much that we have. And we need to have an attitude, really, church, of, of being gracious and an attitude of gratitude. So, Pastor, what does that kind of look like? Well, let me just kind of paint a real quick picture, and then let's, let's talk about some things that we can be thankful for. So gratitude, what does it look, look like? Well, the first part of gratitude is really appreciation. It's when someone gives you something. Here, here's a present, and you say in your mind, oh, that's nice, I appreciate that. There, there's, there's an act of appreciation. That's the first part of having an attitude of gratitude is appreciation. The second part is goodwill, and that's the goodwill towards that person. Oh, isn't that nice? That person gave me a gift. Isn't this gift nice? That person's so kind. You know, that's just nice of them. They're just good people. And then it becomes an act of expression on our part. And that's when you say, you know, I think I'll write them a thank you note, right? 
That's, that's, what, that's as simple as it is. I, mean, I just really broke this down. That's what gratitude looks like. I appreciate this, that someone's done something for me. Uh, uh, there's goodwill towards that person that's done it, and there's an act of expression on my part uh, showing how thankful I am, appreciating uh, what they've done for me. I say, Pastor, what are some things that I can be thankful for? Well, let's go back to our passage, and let's take a look at this. Go back to verse 6. Make your request, what does it say, to to God. I think the first person we should be thankful for is to God, don't you think? The first person we should be thankful for is to God, for all the good things that God's done for me. And someone say this once in my office, said, Pastor, God has not been good to me. <laughs> oh, whoa. If you say that, would you do me a favor and never say that next to me, because I don't want to be struck by lightning. <laughs> my Bible says that God is good when? All the time. And all the time, God is what? Good. God's always good, church. Don't ever say, don't ever say, well, God hasn't been good to me. God's always good. That's all God is. God is always good. He's always good all the time. He may not have given you, you know, the red sports car that you wanted, but that doesn't mean God's not good or not good to you. I think, I think a lot of people have crippled. I'm being honest here. You may not like this, but I think they've crippled their attitude of, of gratitude towards their heavenly father because of the time that they've spent on Facebook. I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, for my, for my hours in counseling, from the 33, 34 years I've been in the ministry and seeing a change in the last 10 years, I think Facebook is crippling this nation. I think Facebook is crippling the church. Pastor, don't ever go on Facebook. Well, listen, our church uses Facebook. We promote events and stuff like that. But I think some of you are addicted to Facebook or, or social media. I'll just say it that way. You don't know that God's good because your nose is stuck in your phone and all you see is the snapshots from everybody else that's living the dream. Listen, Facebook is just a snapshot of a moment in time. It's someone's best moment. It's, 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 almost, it's, almost, it's almost not even real because it's, it's literally one one-hundredth of a second of the best time of someone's life. You know, you see some, a, new, a new couple has a child and, and, and they take pictures of, of the baby and, and, and what do they show? They show, you know, the baby smiling and the baby, you know, cutting their first teeth and all the happy moments. And you look at it and you're just sitting there going, look at this kid. They're just... And you look at your kid. <laughs> my kid's got a snotty nose, you know. <laughs> you know, my kid, you know, just whatever. And... and, and, and no one puts on Facebook, well, here I am changing a diaper again. You know, <laughs> you don't put that on Facebook, you know. Here's my kid cutting teeth. They've been up crying all night. You know, this is miserable. No one puts that on Facebook. Of course not. You put the, you put the happiest moments. But, but church, some of you get so stuck in social media that all you see is that. And, and that's all you want to post on there is just your best time. And you're doing your best to live whatever it is, the American dream, I guess. And, and you're trying to keep up with just putting on a good front about how good life is. And the reality is life isn't always that good 365, okay, 24-7. It just can't be. Most of life is just monotony. It, it just is. Doing laundry, <laughs> vacuuming, cleaning the bathroom again, you know, doing dishes, you know, cleaning the house, fixing the car, vacuuming out the car. <laughs> People post pictures of a new car, and it's just like, you know, you're looking at your car going, well, my car doesn't look like that car, you know. My car, you know, they're bragging, you know, the car is a new, the new car smell. I don't know what a new car smell is. My car smells like old french fries. That's all I know. It just, I, even when our car was new, it didn't smell like a new car after the first time through McDonald's. But, but church, 
we become so dissatisfied with what God has blessed us with because we have our nose stuck in our phone. Church, listen, listen to me, listen. Do not ruin the real relationships of the real people that are sitting next to you because you're stuck in a fantasy land of, with someone that's, that, that's on a phone, okay? All right, well, they're my friend. <laughs> that's nice. You have a friend sitting next to you. You have a spouse. You have a child that's in your home. You need to be investing with the real people that are sitting with you instead of being so concerned about what's happening to someone, you know, a thousand miles away or something. I, 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 I get frustrated because I, I barely scroll through it. And, you know, someone will post on there, you know, whatever. We put the turkey in the oven. What do you, thank you. I don't, I don't know what to say, you know. I, I don't really care when you put the turkey in the oven. I just don't. It means nothing to me. I mean, who cares about that, right? It just, it just means, you know, we're taking the turkey out of the oven. What's my response? Good? I don't know. Great? I, you know. So not only learn to thank God, church, but learn to thank other people. Philippians chapter 4, verse 5, let your moderation be known unto all men. That starts an attitude in the heart where we're truly thanking other people. Do you ever just think about what you're thankful for? I mean, have you ever paused for a moment and just said, well, thank you, Lord, for the meal. Thank you, Lord, for Thanksgiving. Thank you for the turkey. Well, that's nice. But have you ever really paused and thought about things that you should be thankful for? I'm going to give you four things here that I want you to think that you need to be writing down that you need to be thankful for. And then I'm going to give you a little bit of homework here at the end of our, our time together this morning about being thankful to help you develop an attitude of gratitude. Like I said at the beginning, I believe that our hearts and our minds can be changed. And I believe sometimes we get so stuck in a rut that we feel, well, I can never change, but I think we can change. I think with the proper discipline and the, and the proper uh, 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 tools and, and the proper focus, we can change our heart to become a person that is gracious and a person that has an attitude of gratitude and to truly be thankful. This study that I was doing on uh, the, these, these science books were talking about how literally people's health have changed after, after literally after just a month of really focusing on being uh, gracious and out of focusing on having an attitude of thanksgiving. They, they, they did surveys with these people and, and these scientific studies and, and literally after just a month their medication use went down, their doctor visits went down, their overall acceptance of, of life and acceptance of health, you know, improved just, just, just by being thankful. Just by being thankful. Here's some things you need to be thankful for. Number one is, church, I think we need to be thankful for what I have had. For things that I have had. Okay? My past. Think of the positive things in your past. I like to choose to look at the positive things in my past. I don't want to spend time focusing on the bad things in my past, but I want to choose on the positive things in my past. I'm not going to sit there and, and complain about, well, my parents didn't do this. My parents didn't treat me right. My parents didn't give me all these things. Church, don't do that. Parents, can I give you a hint? I'm going to give you some child raising stuff. I'm not even going to charge for this, okay? Ready? This is free. This is free child raising help. All you owe your children, all you owe your children is food, clothing, and shelter. That's it. That, that's what, well, my parents didn't. No. <laughs> Biblically, you got to just take care of your kids, give them food, clothing, and shelter. And that's it. That's what you got to give them. Okay? And, and well, they, we didn't get the new, you know, PlayStation, the new Xbox. Wait a second. That's not a requirement in the Bible that they have all that stuff. Nothing wrong with it if you can give it to them. But parents don't fall in that trap that, well, we're not keeping up with the Jones. Who cares what the Jones are doing? 
Amen, church? It just doesn't matter. I've got to think for a second. Is there anybody in our church named Jones? <laughs> I'm probably going to leave now. Well, my parents, my parents maybe go to a fundamental church. My parents maybe go to a Christian school. Wow, they were so strict at that Christian school. Hey, you know what? Good for you if your parents sent your, you to a Christian school. That's good. Well, they just, they just taught me so many things that was so hard. Really? Well, what did your Christian school teach you that was so hard? I mean, really? What was so bad about it? We're just, let's just be honest. What was so hard? I mean, my, my parents, I, I was homeschooled for a little bit, went to public school, ended up, ended up going to a Christian school. I love that the most. Well, it, just, it was so hard. Well, what is it that the Christian school was so hard? Well, they had a dress code. Really? That was so hard. Guess what? The day you graduate and you go get a job, guess who else has a dress code? McDonald's has a dress code. McDonald's right here in Waukesha. They make you wear a tie to flip hamburgers, all right? That, that's, that's called life, everybody. Your job has a dress code. Our church has a dress code. Pastor, our church has a dress code. Yes, it does. Our dress code here at this church is just wear something. <laughs> that's it. But there is a dress code. Amen, church? <laughs> sure enough, there's a dress code. Your job has a dress code. Come on, you know it. Ooh, that school, they were so hard on me. There's so many rules at that Christian school. They told us not to do drugs. Really? That was so hard for you to take as a, as a kid? Well, it was so hard. They, they told us not to drink. Really? Well, that, that was so hard. Wow, okay. Well, they told us not to have premarital sex. It was just so hard. It was just so tough at that Christian school. Really? Church, this is called common sense. Amen, church? Every good parent ought to be teaching their kids these things. And if you're not teaching your kids these things, you need to take some parenting classes or something because you've got a problem if you're not teaching your kids these things. Ooh. We teach our kids in this Christian school is not weird. It's not extreme. It's called good advice for living life. It's called being a leader in life. It's just called being, being a, a respectable human being. Don't ever have bitterness towards those things in your past, okay? Just don't ever have that. Don't be a bitter person that's just bitter about your past. Well, I didn't get or I should. Don't be bitter about your past. Bitterness poisons your soul, okay? Bitterness and negative thoughts, you'll become a, just a negative person. So be thankful for the things that you've had. Think of the positive things that you've had and be thankful for those, okay? Second thing you need to be thankful for is this. I need to be thankful for what I have right now. So not just for what things I've had, but I need to be thankful for the things that I have right now, the, the present things that are positive. Well, Pastor, what is something that I'm thankful for right now? Well, how about this one? Ready? This is obvious. You're alive. Can I get an amen? Okay, you, <laughs> that's just a really great thing. You're alive. I mean, at least right now you are. I mean, you could be six feet under right now, but you're not. You're alive. Your health may not be perfect, but you have health. You are alive right now to live another moment, to praise God another day. Be thankful for that. Be thankful for just all the things that you have right now. Think of the mission trip. Did you see where those kids were sitting in those churches? They were sitting on what? Nice, comfortable chairs or on the what? The concrete floor. Did you notice that in those photos? Did you notice that? And that's not even, that's not even the deepest, darkest parts of Africa. That, that, that's just the Philippines and, and, uh, and Taiwan. I mean, th- those, are, those are good countries to live in, you know? And, and Sunday school with, with hundreds of kids packed into a room. Their whole church building would, you know, probably two of them would fit inside our auditorium. And, and they're sitting on the floor with no air conditioning, with, 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 with barely screens on some of the windows from the flies. Uh, matter of fact, I was watching one of the videos of the kids that were posting of them teaching Awana clubs, and one of the kids was doing a Bible study. And I could hear in the video, what is that noise in the background? 
And, and my son said, those are all the chickens that are outside the church. And, and the chickens are just amening the preacher. <laughs> but just the whole time, you know. Church, we, we've got a lot of things right now just to be thankful. Are you thankful for the building you're sitting in? Are you, you better be. You ought to be. Shame on you if you're not. We're just surrounded by so many blessings and we say, well, I'm just looking for perfection. Church, listen. Stop looking for perfection. You want to know why? Because we live in a sin-cursed earth and there is no perfection. Get over it. Okay? Well, I'm a perfectionist. You're wrong. The only person that I know that was perfect on this earth was Jesus Christ. Don't, don't, even, don't even try to put yourself on that level with Jesus. Don't, don't, even, don't even say it. Well, I'm just a perfectionist. Really? So you're, you're as good as Christ. Whoa. If you, don't say that near me. <laughs> Church, get over it. Okay? Don't, don't live like that. Good, good enough is good enough. Okay? It's all right. It's okay. It's just fine. Well, we don't have everything the way it's supposed to be. You know, stop, you know, the church on the street. Stop it. Don't be like that. That, that just leads to a negative, bitter attitude. Don't be like that. And we get ourselves so worked up with anxiety and depression because everything's just not the way we should be. You know what? Here, for the holidays, let me give you a hint on this because we're coming up the holidays. The most depressing time of the year for a lot of people is the holidays. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Some of you are dreading Christmas. I, I get it. I, I totally get it. I hear you. I get it. You're, you're dreading things. I get it. Here's what I do for Christmas dinner and, and those kind of things. I just have, I'm just going to tell you, I have very low expectations for Christmas dinner. Okay? I just, and that way, you know what? I'm always surprised. I'm just, I'm pleasantly happy because I have very low expectations. I'm, I'm just expecting Uncle Billy to come over and be weird and, and to ruin it. And it's just, that's my expectation. Just, I'm gonna, and the turkey to turn out terrible and the ham. And it just, I had low expectations. And then, you know what happens? I'm like, wow. It wasn't that bad, was it? It was all right. Just be really careful about that. Just be very, very cautious about how, how you are. And think of the blessings that we have. We've got stuff like light switches. You've got cars with heat, with air conditioning. You've got all different kinds of cars you can pick, all different colors you can pick. I prefer the color rust, but you can pick whatever color you want. Solomon in all of his glory. Remember the book of Solomon? You know, Solomon's talking about it in Proverbs. What does he say? Solomon, the Bible says, one of the richest guys who probably ever lived, probably the richest guy. And he, Solomon, said that he's not even clothedly as nice as the flowers that are out in the field. But we have a lot of things that Solomon never had. Light switch, health care, penicillin, right? Clothing stores, air conditioning, windows, heat, you know, all, all these different things that we have. Solomon never had stuff like that, and yet, and yet he was a thankful person. Church, we've got to be very careful about our, our blessings and what we have. And we're so over, overrun with blessings, we don't even really get what we have. Keep going. The third thing I think we should look at, third thing I think we need to be thankful for, is for what I don't have. We need to be thankful for the good things in our past. We need to be thankful for the blessings in the present. We need to be thankful for the things that I don't have. Well, Pastor, what are some things I don't have? Well, I just think we could just think really easily the misfortune of others. There's a, there's a, I don't know, a fire in California. You pray for those people, but I'm thankful that there's not a fire here. There's nothing wrong with that. We're not better than anybody, but I'm just thankful that I'm, there's, there's, a, there's a, a hurricane down in Florida. Pray for those people. Pray for the churches, but I'm thankful there's not a hurricane here. I mean, you know what I'm saying, right? There's a, there's a snowstorm up north. I'm just thankful I don't live up north. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean we're not going to have a snowstorm. It doesn't mean we're not going to have a fire. It doesn't mean we're not going to have storms, whatever. 
But I'm just thankful for the things I don't have. God, thank you. Just thank you that you protected us last night. Thankful that our house didn't burn down. Right? I'm thankful that, that we're still alive. I'm thankful that, that uh, our house isn't flooded or something. I don't know. Just be thankful for those things because life isn't perfect. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. Genesis, did you ever realize this? Before sin in Genesis, the book of Genesis, before the fall of man, now think about this, church. Think, think. What was Adam told to do? He was told to tend the garden. He was told to take care of the garden. Now think about it. He was living in a perfect world, right? But he was still told to take care of the garden. <laughs> and God said this was all good, okay? Church, you're still going to have to take care of the garden. You're still going to have to take care of the yard. You're still going to, you know, just, well, I just wish everything was just perfect. Well, even Adam, he lived in the perfect garden of Eden. He still had work to do and there's still things to do, okay? He was still taking care of it. It still, still was stuff that had to, had to happen. So don't ever have that, that attitude that, that, that life set that, well, it's just not gonna, ever going to be right. You know, don't get out of sorts. If you get out of sorts and you get frustrated, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you a prescription right now for a depression. I want you to write this down. You could take it to your doctor, have him sign off on it. Totally fine. We've got some doctors here in the room. I'm sure they'll sign off on this prescription. If you find yourself frustrated and, and, and depressed, if you find yourself frustrated and depressed this holiday season, here's your prescription. Ready? I want you to go to the VA hospital. West Dallas National Avenue. And I want you to work there for a day as a volunteer. All right? Your depression, your anxiety, your frustration, your entitlement attitude will be gone in about a half a second. It'll be gone. You help someone at the VA, you serve some food, you push someone in a wheelchair, you change their diaper, you help someone who can't help themselves. You will see your attitude change immediately. That's your prescription. Take that to your doctor and ask him if it's okay for you to do it, and I'm sure he'll sign off on it. You thank God for those things that we don't have for the misfortune of others that God, for whatever reason, protected you from. Number four, the fourth thing you need to be thankful for is this. Thankful, now think about this one. Thankful for what you will have. So not only are we thankful for the things in our past that were positive and thankful for the things in the present, thankful for the, thankful for the things that we don't have, but thankful for the things that you will have. Pastor, what do you mean by that? The things that I will have. Well, according to my Bible, someday we will be like Jesus. Amen, church? Someday no more aches and pains. Someday we'll have a perfect body with no more problems, no more illness. Someday we'll have that glorified body. Someday we'll walk those streets of gold. Someday we'll visit with the saints that we have known that have gone on before us. There will be an awesome, awesome family reunion with those that have gone on before us. I'm thankful to look forward to that. Why? Because I can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that I have a future in heaven. I'm thankful for that, that I can know that someday I will be walking the streets of gold. I will be in the presence of angels, right? As the book of Revelation says, there, I'll be there when the, the elders get together before the Heavenly Father and cast their thrones before Him. We'll be there. We'll be part of that. And I'm thankful to look forward to that someday, church. Read the book of Revelation. See what our future holds as Christians. You need to be thankful for that. God, I'm thankful. Come quickly, Lord. <laughs> Thankful that someday we'll be singing, singing praises to the risen Lamb. Thankful that someday you'll be able to actually sing. Someday your preacher will be able to sing. Oh, that'd be glorious. 
So, Pastor, what do I do with this? I'm thankful for the past. I'm thankful for the present. I'm thankful for the things that I, I don't have. And I'm thankful for the future. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, remember we talked about at the beginning, to work on becoming a person that's thankful. I want you to work on changing your mindset, literally, ready? Literally remapping the landscape of your brain. How? By on purpose being thankful for those four things every day, every day from now until Christmas. Okay? If you will take five minutes of your day with a piece of paper and a pen and write down one thing you're thankful for in each of those four categories. Something I'm thankful for in my past. Something I'm thankful for right now. Something I'm thankful that I don't have. Something I'm thankful for in the future. If you would do that every day, literally from now until Christmas you will start to find yourself becoming a truly grateful person. You will. It won't, it won't be so hard. It, I'll tell you what. It'll be hard the first day. Tomorrow morning when you're supposed to write down four things, you're going to struggle. You are, and you, here's what you're also going to do. You're going to make every excuse in the book not to do it. Well, what do you have to do that's so important? Well, I have to check Facebook. That, that's what you're going to say. Well, I have to check the news. I've I got to see you know, what's happening in the news. Really, church, seriously? We can't take four minutes a day to just be thankful. Thankful for what we've had, for what we do have, for what we don't have, and what's coming up in the future. Write down one thing for every one of those categories every day. And just do that and and determine in your heart that you're just not going to take anything for granted. Because what does that verse say? What does that verse say? In everything with thanksgiving. My past my present, the things I don't have, my future, and everything with an attitude of being thankful. And church, I'll just tell you this. If you start to do that, you start to develop a a habit, an automatic response of your life that you can start to really truly be happy in in areas and and, and really start to be grateful in areas, you'll, you'll really honestly find yourself too busy and too thankful to be worked up about your coworker or your neighbor or your preacher or someone on Facebook. You're, you're, going to be too, you're going to be too busy being thankful than being worried about what other people are doing. Or what are people saying? Or what are people thinking? Stop being like that. Work on, on purpose, having an attitude of thanksgiving and an attitude that, that I'm just thankful for this. James chapter 117. Let's read this verse and let's be done today. James chapter 1, verse 17. This is an awesome verse. Every good... Gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, in whom is no variables, neither shadow of turning. To be a gracious person, to be a person with real gratitude, is to be able to say, Thank you, Lord, in all times for all things. I can find something to be thankful for. In church, let me encourage you on this. If you'd start to do that, if you, if, if, on purpose, you would start to be thankful on purpose every day, on purpose, be thankful for something. You just imagine what, what would change in your life. Here's some things that'll change. I wrote down a couple things that'll change. If you become a person that's truly thankful, you won't be the person at work that irritates everyone. <laughs> you won't be the person at church that irritates everyone. How about that? You would actually spend time being thankful every day. Your children will actually want to talk to you on the phone more 
because they don't want to talk to you on the phone now because all you do is bicker and complain, and they're sick of it. Okay? And your grandchildren will actually want to talk to you on the phone. You'll find out that when the holidays come by, you won't have to worry about where you're going to spend the holiday time or whose house you're going to go over to. Why? Because people will just start to tend to like you more just by you being a grateful person. You'll have more invites for the holidays and you'll know what to do with. Well, how come no one ever invites me over? I'll tell you why no one invites you over. Probably because your attitude stinks and they're sick of hearing it. Church, I'm talking to Christians today, okay? It's just so easy. Americans living in the year 2019, it's, just, it's so easy for us to be like this that, that, that because that's what society is like. That's what everyone's like. We ought not be like this. We become a people, a person of gratitude that the people down the street, the people that come visit our church, your neighbors, your relatives say, you know what, there's something different about that person. That person is just a gracious person. That person is truly a thankful person. And when things don't just go your way at work, when things don't go your way at school, when things don't go your way at church, it's just like a little speed bump in the past. Like, oh, well, whatever. It's no big deal. Instead of your whole world falling apart, you just kind of roll over some things a little bit more. Why? Because you're a person that's got an attitude of gratitude and you're thankful for what God's given to you. Church, those are powerful verses that we dig into them. They just keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And if you struggle... If you struggle with addictive tendencies, if you struggle with, 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 with being negative, so how are you doing today? Well, not too good. If that's you, you need to work on this, church, okay? If you struggle with addictive behaviors, addictive tendencies, you need to work on this. Why? Because entitlement is your worst enemy, okay? You're not thankful. You're upset that you don't have the things you have and you need to act out your addiction in some way, okay? This year, from now until the end of the year, I want you to take four minutes every day and write down things you are thankful for. Okay? Is that too much to ask from your preacher just to, for you to be thankful? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I think it would change our church. I think it would change your family. I think it would change your life. And I think it would change our community, right? For the gospel of Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Can I get an amen, church? Thankful that Jesus Christ died on the cross, paid our sin debt. We can know for certain, we have eternal life. We don't have to hope for eternal life. I'm thankful for this verse. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. I'm thankful it's a gift of God. I'm thankful for these next three words. It's not a work lest any man should boast. I am thankful that I don't have to work my way to heaven. I'm thankful that going to church won't get me to heaven. I'm thankful that being baptized won't get me to heaven. I'm thankful that giving money won't get me to heaven. I'm thankful for those things. I'm thankful there's nothing I can do Nothing I can do to get to heaven. I'm thankful it's a 110% free gift. All I have to do is to trust, to, to accept that. God, I can't do it, but I believe that your son paid the penalty for me. He, he's the one that did the work, so I don't have to do it. And I'm thankful for that. Praise God. Church, what a wake up every morning just being thankful for that every morning, right? If nothing else, be thankful that we can know for certain we have eternal life. Not that's the best news in the whole world. We can know for certain we have eternal life. Let's have a word of prayer. Let's be done today, okay? We had a good study. Father, we're thankful for these verses in Philippians that have told us to rejoice in the Lord. It told us to, with everything, have an attitude of thanksgiving. It told us to make sure that all men know that. Father, would you work in our hearts 
the attitude of entitlement that we all struggle with. Would you work in our hearts today, Lord? Would you convict us to be thankful and not to be critical, but to be thankful? Work in our hearts, Lord, today. Father, maybe someone this morning has never trusted in you as their Savior. Maybe today, for the first time, they've heard that verse that said it's a free gift. Simply believing to trust, depend, to rely upon the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross, paid our sin debt. We can know for certain we have eternal life. If someone's trusted in you right now, Lord, ask for a special blessing in their life. Would you just, just give them a, just a special, special day today that they would just remember that today is the day that they accepted the fact that it's a free gift. It's not a work, nothing they pay for, but salvation is a free gift. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262-404-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening.